Good morning. It's good to be in the house of the Lord. It's good to be back here at Bethel. I feel like I told Molly this morning, this, <laughs> I feel like I've been on a road trip all summer and, or all year, but like dad going on preaching trips everywhere. The kids asked me where we were going this week. I said, we're going to be at Bethel for a while. So <laughs> that may be a bad thing for y'all. That may be a good thing for us, but it, <laughs> it was nice to get up in my own bed this morning and <laughs> come to the house of God. Paul writes uh, to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verse 20, says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. Above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Paul tells them, he goes on bending knee. This is the end of his prayer. His benediction is what he says here. He says up in verse 14, he says, for this cause I bow my knees unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named. He says that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by the Spirit and the inner man. He's going to tell them some stuff he wants them to understand. It's going to be about the love of Christ, the breadth of Christ, the height, the depth. And some of this stuff he's just trying to get them to comprehend a little bit. As a child of God, it's hard to comprehend how uh, the love of Christ in its full. He says it, it passes knowledge. It's, it's just hard to understand how he could love a sinner like me. I said to a brother the other day, I said, it's one of the hardest things for me is, is to comprehend all the steps in life that I've taken and to where I'm at now. It's just, and I take a deep look at myself. It's like, how does he love me? You know, how could he do that? How could he give his son? And he said, well, selection, brother. I said, well, I understand election. <laughs> I understand how that works. God chose me before the foundation of the world. That's the only way it works. I understand that. But to comprehend the love, and that's what he's, he's trying to tell him. If you could just get a little grasp of this. And to know the love of Christ with path is knowledge. And might be filled all the fullness of God. But he's going to tell them something right here at the end that we should all understand, that we should all comprehend. And he's going to drill it home here. It's one of those verses that we should have out before us on our day-to-day, -day, maybe in our car, maybe up on our wall, like Joshua, it's for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. This is another good one to have at, at your hand. Now unto him, it's not unto you, it's unto him. I like to point up everyone so I'll give me a little direction where I need to be looking at. It's unto him who is able. It's not unto you who is able. I'm, you know, man's capable of a lot of stuff and it's usually capable of messing some stuff up. You know, I think about a lot of things and I, you know, I hear, you know, well, what were you thinking? You know, or are you watching a football game and you're like, what are they doing? What are they thinking on that play? You know, you hear that all the time. I say it to myself, well, you know, what was I thinking? What did I just tell Sister Molly? <laughs> what was I thinking? But it's unto him who is able to do exceeding. I'm happy to tell you about a God who is exceeding it abundantly above all we ask or think. It's unto him who is able. Not you, but unto him. God has always been able in creation. Man's not able to create these things. Man's not able to create nothing and create something. That's how I know there's an almighty God. There's a heavenly designer. There's a, an almighty, omnipotent God who is able. Man is not able to create 
take nothing and create something. That should give you hope this morning. Now unto him that is able to do exceeding, isn't proud and thankful to preach to a people about a God who is able. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. He's telling, he just gets to praying for them to understand a little bit about the love, but you need to understand something that God has always been able. He's able in regeneration where no man is able to come to the Father except they come through Jesus. No man is able to do that. Why? But God is able. God is able to reach down there into the stony heart and make it a heart of flesh. Only God is able to do that unto him who is able. It exceeds our expectation. Thought goes a lot, a lot wider than prayer does up to God. Do you know that? You can think about a whole lot of things. When you come to prayer, you're usually asking for a specific thing. You start thinking, well, you, you can't think enough to a, a God who is able. You cannot pray to a God who's more able than your, all your thoughts, all your prayers. Unto him who's able above all we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. And that power, that Holy Spirit, he says, in Romans chapter 8 and 26, he says, Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what, what we should pray for, as we ought. But the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. God is able. He's able to take your, our puny thoughts, our weak thoughts. Our, we can't imagine how great and able a God is this morning. When you're facing the trials of life, you need to go to one who is able. You can come to me for certain things. I may be able to help you out in certain areas. I may be able to help you out and, you know, point you in the right area. But you need to go to God because I'm telling you what, you're not going to go wrong. And he's able to take care of all your special needs. He is there for you. He is able. The spirit within us that helps make intercession for us. I can't help but to go back to the Old Testament and think about, you know, I was thinking about the Hebrew children, those teenagers in the fiery furnace. But I started thinking about how God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. And I came to David and going up against Goliath. You know, and Saul, he came to the battlefield and David, Saul looked at him. He goes, he goes you're not able to go up against this giant. He's been a warrior since his youth. And you're, but, you know, a little shepherd boy. And the, and the giant made fun of him. He said he was a fair countenance. What we call that around my side of the the woods, is, he's a pretty boy, okay? That's what the giant was telling me. He's a pretty boy coming out. You're, you're going to put this guy up against me? And Saul was like, you're not able. But David knew he was able through the strength of his almighty God. He was going up in defense of the armies of Israel. Saul recognized him. No, he was not able. And David took the, you know, five stones. And I've heard it say that, you know, the four other ones, because the giant had four brothers, you know, and you know, twisted it all up in and out. But I guarantee you, David was praying and the Lord exceedingly abundantly blessed him to pull five stones. And why did he do that for? Because David, if he prayed, he just needed one shot. If he was just praying, Lord, just give me one shot at this giant. You know, the Lord, I'm telling you, he prayed, the Lord would bless him and he blessed him exceedingly abundantly. He just took one stone. He took five because he knew he may need five to take him down. He wasn't, you know, ignorant of this fact. He took all that he had, all that he needed. You know, you ever seen in baseball when they, the outfitter take the ball and they do a crow hop and they sling it and you call it like a BB or you take, you know, you call it like a frozen rope, you know, a football when the uh, quarterback's going to the receiver. I can see it, David taking that sling and that one shot 
he far exceedingly. I mean, he threw a rope and a BB and hit him in the forehead, and that giant came down. The Lord blessed him exceedingly abundantly above all that David could thought that afternoon. Okay, turn up, go to the uh, Hebrew children. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, books of the Bible. You know, I can just see these uh, three Hebrew, you know, they're teenagers, and they're going up against, you know, Nebuchadnezzar. He's not, they're not calling his bluff. Okay, he's exceedingly mad that they're not falling down and worshiping this idol that he has built up, you know, in front of these, uh, everybody must bow, you know, when they hear the harp and the, you know, the, all the instruments, and they're going to bow down. And he was mad. I mean, he was fired up. There wasn't no, like, you know, I tell my kids sometimes, you're going to get a spanking or you're going to be grounded if you don't get this done. If they did not fall, he, they were going in. It was a death sentence placed on these Hebrew children. It was not no, you know, them getting together. It's like, well, let's, let's call his bluff on this one. I don't think he's, there's no, nobody this crazy is going to throw us into a fiery furnace. You know, what did they say? So he comes down to it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said unto the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we're not careful to answer thee in this matter. They weren't anxious. They didn't even think about it. They were all together. And that's how we should be all together as the house of God, worshiping the God who is able. We need to be together, worshiping the one and almighty. These three teenagers, they were together. Good things happen when we're together and we're going up. We're looking to the God who is able. He said, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thy hand, O king. And he will deliver you from your trials and tribulations here in this life. And if he doesn't, he will deliver you one final day into his uh, heavenly kingdom where there will be no more tears. There will be no more pain. How do you know that, Brother Tim? Because the Bible says it and I believe it. He says, if it be so, our God whom we serve is able. He's always been an able God. There's not a time where he's not been able. He's, he was able to deliver the uh, Israelites out of the land of Egypt. They couldn't get out of the grasp of Pharaoh. There, there was no man that was able to get them out, but the Lord did by a mighty hand. A mighty hand by a mighty God who was able to deliver them out that, that day. That's a day salvation. There's a day salvation presented right here in Daniel chapter 3. A day where they were delivered from the fiery furnace and they were put into the fiery furnace. And it was so hot and he was so mad that the people that threw him in there, they were devoured. Don't worry. <laughs> the Lord will take care of your enemies. He will take care of your foes. The people that threw him in there, they were burned up to a crisp. I tell you what, it was a sight for sore eyes. Nebuchadnezzar looked in there and the Lord was walking with them. He said, lo, I looked in and saw three. <laughs> lo, I saw what, the son of man. There was four of them. The Lord will be with you before the trial. He'll be with you through the trial. When you serve a God and you don't bow down to the things of this world, that they, the world is trying to capture your mind, capture your children, capture everybody around you. He wants, the devil is the prince and power of the air, and he wants you to bow down to the things of this world. When you serve the almighty God who is able, he will be with you during that trial. You know, you turn over to Daniel chapter 6, and, uh, you know, this king, Darius, he got uh, lulled into sleep and signed a decree that anybody that serves any other god is going to get into the lion's den. So <laughs> after this is signed and they done pressured him into it, now he's feeling horrible. Okay, this is a totally different scene from a totally different king. And that's the things here in this life. There's all kinds of different circumstances. There's ones that are evil and there's ones that you get tricked into certain things. 
and you have to deal with it. We have to deal with the different things in different circumstances in different parts of our life, whether it be work, whether it be church, wherever you may be, there's different circumstances. There's a lot of things I do. I said, well, this is a different circumstance. Or why did I do that? Or why did I think that? But here the king, he says, he, he told Daniel, he says, thy God whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And then they go ahead and put him into the lion's den. And the king couldn't sleep all night. You know, he was, <laughs> went without sleep. Now, you know, you went without sleep all night and you start to think a little crazy. You know, you start, start to, you know, <laughs> say all kinds of stuff. But he, he went in before he put him in and he was like, thou God him thou service, he'll, he'll deliver thee. He was trying to give him a little encouragement. Trying to give him a little, you know, if, if you're doing what you're doing and you're, I'm seeing what you're seeing, he'll, he'll deliver thee, Daniel. You know, I can't believe you're going in here. But he'll deliver you. And then he couldn't sleep all night and he's, he don't know what's going on. And he, when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice. It wasn't just like a, Daniel? You know, it was a loud, it was a lamentable voice. It was a soul-crushing voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God, is thy God whom thou servest continually, what? Able to deliver thee from the lions? Daniel said, sleep on, king. It's all good in here. The Lord's been here. He sent his angel to shut the mouth. You can look back at your own life. You can look back at your history. And you can look and see how the Lord was able to deliver thee time and time again. That's the only reason we're here this morning. He delivered thee up out of your bed this morning and delivered you to the house of God to serve the God who was able to do these mighty things. He was able in creation. Only God is able in regeneration. And only God is able in the resurrection to raise these bodies. If I could raise you from a state of death and sin to a state of life in Christ, I could raise you at one final day in the resurrection. It takes the same power about an able God who's able to do that. That's how I know it. Salvation is by grace and grace alone. I know it. I know it for sure because it takes that same power in the resurrection as it does in regeneration. And the same power in regeneration as it does in creation. God is able, okay? God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all we ask or think. When you get through today and you get through next life, put it down on paper. Put it somewhere where you can grasp a hold of it. That's what he's telling the Ephesians there in the, that chapter. Understand, come on, understand the love of God. But understand this, he is able. Jude says he is able. God is able to save, save you from falling. He is able... You know, unto him who is able to save you from falling. We're going to fall here in this life, but Jude understood unto him who is able to save you from falling. God, we are secure in the hand of God. You know, no, there's no man who is able to pluck you out of the hand of God. That's eternal security. Jude is preaching that eternal security. Now, unto him who is able to save you from falling. Thank God we have a God who is able. I'm not able to do a lot of things, but I preach about a heavenly Father and a heavenly Son and the heavenly Holy Spirit, the three-in-one Godhead who is able, not only able to love you, to hold you, but he'll never let you go. I'll rest tonight, I'll rest today in the finished work of Jesus Christ because God was able to go to the cross and get the job done for you and for me It's personal. It's a personable God that I preach. He taught there in Ephesians unto him who is able to do. He is a doing God in your life. He's not a, 
one who sits on the stool of do nothing up there just wondering if you're going to figure it all out. He's unto him who is able to do. He is a doing God who is an able God to do exceeding abundantly above all we ask or think. Thank you.